Yé Mounla. You're listening to Kao Karaman Evie, Kao Karaman, the English version. Kao Karaman is a podcast about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. I'm your host, Patra M, and get ready to celebrate Caribbean culture with me. And we're back. This is episode 11, part 2. Let's dive right into it. Mazudi is a film set in Trinidad and Tobago. It was released in 2015 and was even distributed in movie theaters in the US in 2016. It was directed by Todd Kessler and written by Claire Ince. Here's the plot. Anita Ponchuri, the dutiful Indian daughter of a deep in-depth businessman, is about to marry a wealthy Londoner when a chance encounter with local Trinidadian singer Uli de Leon set things askew. In search of news, De Leon agrees to perform at the engagement party for both families, unable to deny their mutual attraction and with the excitement of carnival approaching. Anita must now choose between the answer to her family's financial prayers and the possibility of real love. Set on the vivid, colorful twin islands of Trinidad and Tobago and pulsing with the sensuous dance rhythms of soca music, Basuti is a new style Bollywood musical with a distinctly Caribbean island flavor. If you don't know by now, romance is my favorite genre. So when the story features Caribbean characters, you give me exactly the content I'm craving for. However, Basuti isn't a random, light-hearted, fun rom-com. The film tackles the race issue in Caribbean representation. Anita is an Indian woman. Lee is an Afro-Tunidadian man. How does Basudi encourage this myth of cultural harmony in the Caribbean? That's exactly what we'll talk about in the first Caribbean Connection. The Caribbean Connection segment is to discuss how a film makes me reflect on my identity as a black woman, as an Afro-Caribbean woman, as a Guadeloupean woman, and as a French woman. Disclaimer again, I'm from Guadeloupe, a French Caribbean island. Please keep in mind that everything I say is from my perspective. If you're from Trinidad and Tobago, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Basodi. End of disclaimer. Okay, although I'm no longer living in Guadeloupe, I know the Indo-Guadeloupean community has yet to be fully accepted. And me saying this is actually kind of controversial when Indo-Guadeloupean people would point out situations in which they aren't considered as 100% Guadeloupean, their argument would get dismissed. People love taking the example of food as the proof that Indian culture is integrated within Guadeloupean culture. I mean, if you ask any French white person to name a Guadeloupean dish, they will usually say curry chicken or curry goat. It just shows how popular this dish is. As for me, I believe the history of the Indo-Guadeloupean community is still unknown to the majority. Otherwise, this idea that being Guadeloupean means being 100% Afro-descendant wouldn't still exist today. Looking back, I cannot say it's something that I was aware of. There are, like I said, 
Indo-Guadeloupian people in my family. I've always had Indo-Guadeloupian classmates. In my mind, we lived together, we worked together, so I never cared about how they would define being Guadeloupian. I never questioned how they felt about their identity, if they struggled to identify themselves to Guadeloupian culture. And to me, this is the first Caribbean connection. The Caribbean is represented as this wonderful place of a cultural mix. It's and Basodi displays this representation of cultural harmony through music. Although the soundtrack is basically a Marshall Montano playlist, okay? There's this one singing scene that symbolizes the mix of African roots and Indian roots. It's the engagement party scene that you can see partially in the trailer. Lee is only musician for the party. He gets there with his ukulele, the instrument whose history sums up the history of colonization. To make a long story short, the Portuguese arrived in Hawaii at the end of the 19th century to cultivate sugarcane. They had the cavaquino. The Hawaiian people transformed it and created the ukulele, which is now a traditional instrument in Hawaiian culture. The instrument was trendy more or less throughout the 20th century. But in Western culture, it isn't considered as a classic and serious instrument like the violin, for instance. You know, it's not seen as the kind of instrument that would require classical training. In cinema, the ukulele is usually played by white people. I'll put a link to a video with ukulele scenes from various films in the description box. My point is, I have no idea if there was a specific reason for Lee to be a ukulele player and not a guitar player. However, the fact that Lee, a black man, takes this instrument seriously and builds his art around it gives a nice alternative in the representation of this instrument from a Western perspective. But it's also interesting from a Caribbean perspective because Lee could have been a drum player or a steel pan player. He is a ukulele player and proud of it, which shows how versatile we can be. Now, back to the engagement party scene. Lee is standing alone in front of an audience that was expecting a traditional Indian orchestra. And what music does Lee play? Soka. And I think it's Chutney Soka. It's a variation of Soka where Trinidadian English is mixed with traditional Hindi. As soon as Lee starts singing the first words, the father-in-law is overwhelmed with emotion and starts dancing. I'm not enough of a Soka expert to give you a text analysis, but we can discuss the symbolism of this song at this point in this film. In episode 3, I had already talked about Soka with the film No Soka No Life. Back then, my focus was more on the fact that this music genre needed gatekeepers, so the American music industry didn't steal Soka like they tried to steal Dancehall, and like the French music industry is trying to steal Zouk from Guadeloupe and Martinique. Hashtag stream Caribbean. However, in episode 3, I didn't talk about why and how Soka illustrates the history of the communities in Trinidad and Tobago. Soka, short for the Soul Calypso, is an evolution of Calypso in the 70s, 
Lord Shorty, who is considered as the father of Soka, explained in several interviews at the time that Calypso was a dying musical genre and that he wanted to breathe new life into it. Hence, the idea of incorporating soul music and elements of traditional Indian music, especially the rhythms. The first attempt to be noticed is Indrani in 1972, but it's his track Endless Vibrations, released in 1974, that is really seen as the first popular soca song. I chose um, this song in uh, the Caribbean soundtrack segment in episode 3. The lyrics explain this need for unity, this need to party, to forget the worries of everyday life, which is quite reminiscent of the Zouk spirit symbolized by Kassav's biggest hit, Zouk is the soul, Zouk is the only medicine we have, and it was released about a decade later. As I said in my first special edition in French back in June 2019, Zouk was born from the experiments Kassav did in a specific political and economic context at that time. It was their solution to affirm their cultural identity and to get self-validation. This need to define who we are is usually what leads to the creation of our Caribbean music genres. Soka was born in a specific context, and this is the part where I ask you to correct me if I'm wrong. There were debates about the future of Trinidad and Tobago at that time like in the 70s, the country had been independent for about 10 years. The Indian community had been there long enough to have an elite that wanted to play a role in the political leadership. So you had the Afro-Trinidadian community and you had the Indo-Trinidadian community and their interests were sometimes divergent. The country needed unity and music, soca in particular, became both a vessel for this unity, but also a place where norms were questioned and even challenged. That's why soca shouldn't only be seen as carnival music. It's not just music to have fun. Carnival isn't just about partying in the street. I talk about the importance of knowing the meaning behind Caribbean carnival. Anyway, like I said in episode 3, Soka is a way for women to affirm themselves. And Chutney Soka would probably not be what it is today if it weren't for women. The Indian elements come from the traditional songs sung by women during the Matikor, the first ritual in the Hindu wedding ceremony. During the Matikor, the women give each other advice on married life. Basically, the Matikor songs are by women and for women. In 1987, Duprati Wumganai released her first album entitled Chutney Soka. And it's this album that gives the musical genre its name. She asserts herself as an Indo-Trinidadian artist and she makes music mixing both cultures. And Duprati Wumganai is the artist with whom Marshall Montano collaborated on the song Real Unity that he performs by himself in the engagement scene. And this song is in fact 
well, I don't know if you can call it a remix. Maybe it's more like it chooses a sample of a song called Sorry for the Pronunciation. Apcha Sakoimeri Zindagi, sung by Pakistani singer Nazia Hassan in the Bollywood film Kurbani, released in 1980. I understand it's a classic for Trinida Bojan, and Anita kind of gives us a hint about that because she says that her mother used to sing this song to her when she was a child and uh, this is the kind of memory that only Trinidad Bojan people can relate to. In the Real Unity song released in 2013, Duprati sings the chorus in Hindi and Michelle Montano sings the verses in English. However, in the film sequence he's alone so he's forced to sing Duprati's chorus in Hindi. Do you see the symbolism of using this remix in this scene? Basically, it's a collaboration between the pioneer of the Chutney Soka and arguably the biggest Soka singer. Here, we have a traditional Indian engagement party and it's the Afro-Trinidadian man who sings these Indie lyrics from a Bollywood classic from the 80s. In terms of representing cultural harmony, it doesn't get much better than this. From my perspective, this is something very specific to Trinidad and Tobago. I was talking with a friend from Guadeloupe. He's a musician, so I asked him if there was a music genre from Guadeloupe that would mix African elements and Indian elements. He told me no, and his explanation was that the... Indo-Guadeloupian community was too small and there's also the fact that Zouk had such an impact that every community embraced it. And it's true that a lot of Guadeloupian singers with Indian origins are Zouk singers. They are usually men and they usually learn how to sing with Groka, which is our traditional music based on drums. I can see my friend's point of view, but to me it's not enough of a reason. Zouk has at least 10 subgenres, so why couldn't it be a subgenre mixing Zouk and Indian sounds? Our Caribbean music genres were born to fulfill the need to define ourselves, to affirm ourselves, and to celebrate ourselves. A few years ago, there's this Guadeloupian singer called Eric Diaz. He created a Zouk song called Anton Lassa, which means back in the day. The melody is a mix between the ka, traditional drum, and the tasa. I think that's what it is. The tasa is one of the Indian traditional drums. So you see both cultures represented in the music videos. So maybe Guadeloupian singers will get to explore this side of their identity more in the future. We'll see. But back to Basodi. The film shows how Soka makes the connection between tradition and modernity, between African culture and Indian culture, between men and women. And I even say the connection between black men and Indian women. Marshall Montano and Duprati have another collaboration titled Indian Girl. But when you say Indian Girl, do you mean just Indian Girl or Indo-Trinidadian Girl? And this is what we'll talk about in the next Caribbean Connection. The contemporary representation of love between two Caribbean characters. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter. For more Caribbean films, books, and music reviews, check out my website, caroquermont.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at caroquermont. 
If you want the podcast to get more visibility, you can give me five stars on Apple Podcast. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode. See you à dans d'autres soleils. Ciao, bye.